Loud music, heavyweights, strong friends. This is GGPL. I remember when I first got interested in powerlifting, this would have been back around 2014 or so. I had just done a natural bodybuilding uh, competition. I'll tell you all about that another time. Don't you worry. So I got on the YouTube, which is, uh, you know, because that's what we do this day. 21st century. I got on YouTube. I was watching this video. I'm pretty sure it was Dan Green. It was kind of one of those basics of powerlifting. And uh, he was talking about doing deadlifts. And um, I have been doing deadlifts, of course, but not in a powerlifting style. It was all with straps and touch and go. And you slam the bar down and, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm watching him. He's going step by steps. And uh, there's this there's this thing that didn't make any sense to me, this step that he would talk about. And it was so damn confusing because he was talking about pulling the slack out of the bar. So I'm going like, okay, pull the slack out of the bar. And then I watch him do it. I'm like, holy shit. How has he been in the bar that much? That must be an incredible amount of weight. That seems humanly impossible. And uh, I didn't know how any of this kind of stuff works. So here I am uh, on my bar and I'm trying to pull the slack out of the bar. And all it's really doing is hitting the, the sleeves or hitting the inside of the weight plates. I'm like, well, I guess I'll, it'll be a while before I can uh, pull this slack out of the bar. And uh, before I start this, finish this story, rather, uh, welcome to Garage the GGPL podcast number seven. This is David Hensler. Thank you so much if you listened from the intro all the way on till now, or if you're just dropping in, you're all welcome. Welcome, welcome. Here we go. We're going to keep going on with this story from Southern Utah, talking into my mic, into my little PVC DIY studio with uh, dark out curtains, just chilling here in my basement, starting a podcast. So there I was doing deadlifts and uh, trying to pull the slack out of that bar. And it was not for, oh man, I'm trying to think here, two or three years, two or three years at least that I learned that there is such a thing out there called a deadlift bar. <laughs> so here I was for the, for a few years, kind of dinkering around powerlifting. It wasn't a serious thing yet. And I, I'd set up, I'm like, all right, pull the slack out of the bar. And that's what I did because Dan Green told me to. And I, it wasn't until we did our very first meet in 2017. And uh, a friend of ours at the time was talking about, yeah, they're going to be using a deadlift bar. I was like, what's a deadlift bar? And he explained it to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, this all makes sense. <laughs> so it's pretty funny to think about that. If you've ever pulled, because, uh, you know, I had a Texas power bar. And uh, so here I am. If you've ever been on a stiff bar, man, there there's no slack. I mean, it's like a there's a baby amount, but not deadlift bar slack. So anyways, a funny, funny tidbit about uh, how we approach when it comes to training and expectations and what people are saying, how we interpret it. And uh, it, it's funny to think about because it's so much of how we come into the strength training thing, right? We look at programming. We may, may think we understand it, even though we're seeing it on a video, but it may not. It, it only makes sense as much as we're exposed to and the knowledge that we've acquired. And that is what I'd like to talk to talk about today is the whole process of staying teachable and keeping that mindset that there's always something to learn. Um, there's, there's never, you're never going to hit a ceiling 
when it comes to uh, strength training or acquiring knowledge or learning something new about yourself or about equipment or about programming or, uh, you know, how to build on more strength. And uh, that that's my little background story. So let me, um, I'll add a little bit to that. So when I was uh, coming up on, oh, let's see here. When you get to my age, you have to do the math. So I was about 35. I was coming up on 35 and I had finally uh, decided, uh, gotten over my ego. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I, not necessarily ego, but a little bit of ego. I didn't want to make myself vulnerable and get up on my little posing suit, do a bodybuilding show. So I finally decided to do it. And I signed up super impulsively because I knew if I didn't sign up, I wouldn't uh, train for it. Right. I, I'd come up with some excuse. Well, oh, no, I don't want to lose all the strength that I put on and I don't want to cut down any weight. So I finally did this bodybuilding show. I cannot fit that into this single episode. I do want to talk about it because the whole process of it uh, is a good thing to realize as far as expectations, the degree of dedication it takes and the man, what it actually does. to not just your mind, but your body and your freaking kidneys. And Oh man, I have so much respect for bodybuilders who do that long-term because I only did a single show. Um, there was multiple times that I wanted to prep for a show and I would start it, but I'd only get to the point where you start cutting out, uh, carbs. And I was like, nah, fuck this. I, bodybuilding is not for me, <laughs> you know, cause you start, you know, you start slowly cutting weight and you know, your lifts go down, your, your fatigue starts hitting in and everything just feels like garbage. You're like, no, 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 I'm not ready for this. Um, so I like to, I do want to get into that on another episode, but for now, just know I, I did that bodybuilding show and that's what catapulted me into finding an interest in powerlifting. So Shari, even though she didn't compete with me on, on stage, she did do all the training, the, you know, all the prep, all the cardio calorie counting and, you know, ditching carbs, eating crap, you know, spoonfuls of coconut oil and <laughs> peanut butter or whatever it is that we were feeding ourselves to lap in all sorts of nasty stuff. So we walked away from that and it was, we were completely uh, deflated because our expectations compared to the experience did not even match. You know what I mean? It was totally not what we wanted for all the effort that we put in and sacrifice that you did. So we walked away from that. I'm like, nah, I don't ever want to do that again. So eventually what I did is I got onto YouTube and I found that video I referenced with Dan Green and I saw this whole world of powerlifting and it wasn't big, bulgy keg belly dudes in uh, bench shirts and squat suits and the, the usual stereotype of what you think powerlifters are. It was all these guys. And I believe it was the animal cage that I found. And then I found the, the animal pack uh, YouTube channel. They got a whole bunch of how to's in terms of, uh, you know, how to bench, how to squat, how to deadlift from people from, you know, all different leverages and ages and sizes and strength and, um, abilities and whatnot and experience levels. And so that's kind of where I grasped initially back then how to kind of do all the basics. And um, I know Jay Narrow was a big one that helped me on my squat. And uh, Garrett Griffin was the one who helped me on bench. And Dan Green's videos are how I uh, essentially started um, getting to learn deadlift. So that's where we got started. That was back in 2014. And now for a lot of us, it's pretty common. You get on YouTube and uh, even if you're watching somebody do something, what's amazing is there's still so much more out there to learn. And that's what I enjoy most about powerlifting is that you're always going to learn because there is no standardized 
a formula that I can give to you just because it works for me, right? What works for an elite top level lifter is not going to work for an intermediate lifter. And uh, if you're new, everything's going to work. But the, the whole thing about this is that you have to start somewhere doing something in order to get to that place where you need to find what will or will not work for you. And that is, I believe, what defines powerlifting, or at least what separates it from everything else, right? Because, it's, yes, the PR or your max, it's like that single thing you're going to build up to that one max. And ideally, you were all wanting to increase that number, right? So whether it's the individual lift number or your total, we're all aiming for um, improving that and adding to it. However, the process and the in-between is a part that learning to enjoy that, finding ways that work, what doesn't work, you're, it's always going to be different. You can go a year doing a certain program and then, you know, blow out your total by 40 to, you know, 60, even 70 pounds in a year, which is an insane amount of weight. And then uh, try that again for another year. And then, you know, you're at a higher level of weight. And so now your total got, you know, maybe you only got 10 pounds. And then you try to do the same program for a third year and you match your total. So there's obviously going to be a point where you need to find certain adaptations. So the programming and your approach all is relative to probably your experience, your strength level, your athletic age, your equipment. Um, you know, because if you're an 800-pound squatter, get, going from 800 pounds to 820 pounds on that squat is not the same as going from 300 pounds to 400 pounds or even 400 to 500. You know, it's like the, the higher you go up in that weight and the higher you go up in your lifts, the more precise you're going to have to be with your training. And uh, that's what you learn about that. That's what's amazing about powerlifting is that you're always going to learn something new. Um, when you look into powerlifting, or even if you go on to our website, garagegympowerlifting.com, and you look at some of those free templates, uh, some of them written by us, some of them written by those in the GGPL community. Uh, there's links and references to everything from 531, Westside, Cube Method. Um, so you go, go check it out. But even if you're looking at one of those, you have to understand there's so many variables. So, for instance, when I, in 2014, decided, hey, I'm going to try out this powerlifting thing, I don't know a whole lot about it. So I did as much research as I possibly could in my limited understanding that we weren't on social media at all. So I didn't really have like a whole lot to compare to. It was pretty much just YouTube. So I tried to find the most simplified, easy to understand one. So I came across Jim Wendler's 531 and um, I really liked his approach. I really liked his attitude. I really appreciated him being direct. And uh, no frills, no frou-frou, no bullshit, essentially no hype. So I ordered, uh, I believe is the original edition. It may have been second edition. So I got his 531 and I read it and reread it and read it over, learned about his formula, learned about his approach and kind of had the whole idea of it. And uh, so I did that for, this is back in, uh, who knows, I don't remember now. 
I said 2014, but I actually don't think I started it till 2015. And I only did it for like seven, eight months. And uh, up until that point, I was deadlifting with straps. Bench was touch and go. I don't even know if I was doing full range of motion. It was all like bodybuilding type stuff. And everything was like, you know, reps and size and that kind of thing. So switching to this powerlifting mindset. And um, I hated squats. You know, I used to do like leg press and all that kind of stuff just to build my my legs just because I oh, such a B when it came to squats. So I started doing five, three, one. And the thing is, is that because I was so new to it, it was amazing progress. You know, like I, I struggled in a lot of my lifts and uh, I was coming off of that bodybuilding show. So I was starting to, you know, slowly uh, gain more weight. So, I, I mean, I cut down to like below 160 pounds um, for that show in Vegas. And then I started like, gaining like a pound or two a week and uh i think i by the time i started doing the powerlift thing i think it was about 185 ish maybe even more and uh, so anyways i was adding on weight and it felt really good and then um life circumstance changed we ended up moving i changed jobs and um i had to like go back to like a maintenance type routine just because i did not have the time you know i was my work schedule was so overwhelming i could not train more than 45 minutes and I did not have the energy or even the mindset, the desire or the inspiration to lift heavy at all. It was like, so I, I lost a year to basically just working and it uh, turned out to be a good thing. Cause that's how we were able to afford a uh, down payment for a house. Uh, so, but at that time I did eight, nine months of five, three, one and the, and the results were great cause it was new. And I was been doing sort of like this basic approach of full body Dave Draper type uh, approach to uh, bodybuilding and uh, you get good results right squats are higher reps i always squatted with 20 reps so that way i didn't have to be too heavy and uh, i responded well to that a good hypertrophy um in fact that was the only time in my life anyone's ever told me that my legs were disproportionate to my upper body <laughs> was when i when i did that bodybuilding show which is still funny it makes me laugh so every once in a while i'll go back and i read like the judges scorecards and they're like that was one thing that marked me down on besides, besides, you know, my tan not being dark enough, uh, is that my legs were bigger than the, they're not symmetrical to my upper body, which is comical if you know me, because I don't know, I think of my back being the biggest part of my thicker chest. So anyways, I don't know where I was going with this. So I was gaining weight, did five, three, one, and it was really good results. So fast forward a little bit. Uh, I mentioned we moved, changed jobs. I kind of did basic maintenance type workouts, basically went back to what I was doing before. I gave myself three days a week, uh, three days of uh, cardio, three days of lifting. Uh, so six days total. And it was pretty much just like a basic routine on this day. I, I just chose a weight, you know, squat bench dead and I'd choose a weight and then come in. Uh, well, I only deadlifted on the third day of the week. So I do like squat bench rows, squat, you know, whatever, curls, shoulders, Cats. And if you heard me mention that in other episodes, I talked about how I did a full body routine, right? So quads, hams, calves, uh, chest, back, um, triceps, biceps, shoulders. So I basically did that for another year, varying the weight each day. So then I got back to a different schedule. Um, it wasn't as time consuming and I was able to uh, wake up early in the morning and put in at least an hour and a half, if not more, maybe two hours, depending what time we got up. And I got started training again. So then Shar and I started toying around a little bit more with this powerlifting thing. And then, so I was like, oh, I'm going to do the 5-3-1 again. I was really, I had a lot of good success with that. 
Um, so I'm going to try it again. So there I was. And so this fast forward, we're now we're talking more 2015. Shoot. I'm losing track of time. No, this would have been 2016. Woo, man. Oh, I, I like to think of myself as being sharp witted and not middle-aged, but every once in a while when I think about dates, I get a, it could be the mic. Who knows what it is? So 2016, um, right around August or September, I got, I got right into uh five, three, one. So doing that, the AMRAP sets and you know, the usual thing, like a hundred, I think I was doing like a hundred pull-ups, not in a row. Don't get all like, Oh my gosh, you're amazing. You're like Rocky. No, what I would do is like, you just do a crap ton of sets, whether it was three, five, seven, whatever, until eventually you get up to like a hundred. So I did all that stuff, whatever Wendler said works, you know, that's what I would do. Uh, they like, five sets of 10 accessories on bench and squats and the whole deal, AMRAP sets on, on deadlifts. So that's what I was doing for a while. And, uh, but then the, here's what I noticed. Uh, it worked and it worked well, but once I got to the point where um, my deadlift, cause I think up until that time, the most I'd done was 475 on a stiff bar uh, for a single and uh, that was more just like a test to kind of see where I was at. And then that was, you know, a year, maybe a year and a half later, I wasn't even really like lifting heavy that whole time. So once I got past, once I got to like the low to mid fours and you're supposed to be doing uh, AMRAP sets, I was like, holy shit, I cannot do this, uh, especially on deadlifts. And then the kind of the same thing happened on squats. I started getting really bad elbow tendonitis because uh, you have to understand I have really long arms for my height. So I was just putting my hands the way I, what I perceive to be everyone else doing it. Nice, like close and tight and you get those elbows tucked into your lats and man, that just jacked up, started jacking up my elbows. I was trying to screw on my bench. So then I started getting all paranoid going like blame it on the programming or not knowing what the hell I was doing. So then that was the first time we started looking into uh, getting a coach to write stuff for us. So we came across somebody um, in the local community who was, who competed USAPL. And um, he, I mean, for being a natural person, he's incredibly strong. I'm pretty sure he had a two times body weight uh, bench. You know, I think he weighed like two twenty, two twenty something and he benched for 50 uh, natural. And uh, his squat was over six and his deadlift was right around six. So um, at that time, you know, those those numbers to us were we, we did not know anything about USPA. Like I said, at this time, we didn't even know a deadlift bar existed. So very limited exposure in terms of our knowledge. So he we I did his programming for a couple months and it was completely different. You know, tempo squats and uh, pause squats and split squats, the whole kind of deal, lots of volume, uh, varying levels of intensity. It's like five days a week, no cardio, which to me was absurd, no calves, no biceps. And my whole background up to that point was like, how do you not do biceps? How do you not do cardio? How do you not do calves? This shit is weird. Maybe I don't even want to do this powerlifting thing. I'm, I'm going to get all out of balance, you know? Um, so I gave that a try and um, same thing. There was decent results, but then I started noticing weird pains, right? Elbow tendonitis, uh, freaking weird groin strains and 
things were awkward and it really just wasn't working for me. So then I was like, well, I'm just going to do five, three, one. I'm going to go back. I'm going to give that a try again. So I did that all the way up until our very first powerlifting meet in uh, 2017, around September. Shara and I did the same uh, meet together. And uh, she took best lifter, by the way, which is funny because on that day, first time we knew a deadlift bar existed, we used it. It was cool. And uh, and we didn't even know what it meant. I thought best lifter was like popularity vote or something like because she was fun. You know, if you meet my wife, she's super energetic. She's incredibly gorgeous, witty, way smart. And uh, she's totally fun to be around. And I wish there were more people like her on this planet. This world would be much better place. And so I thought best lifter was like most entertaining, most well-rounded. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we didn't, I don't know what the hell it was, you know, like mo the best effort, you know? So it wasn't until a lot later that I realized, oh shit, pound for pound, she was the strongest person there. And there's some strong people. And uh, so that, anyways, that's a side note. That was a fun little tidbit. So we did our first meet and uh, I had, I was doing five, three, one. So then I walked away from there and uh, I had stuck with it for a little while, but then I realized so at this point we had been on Instagram and I saw, I started seeing all sorts of different things. People are talking about conjugate method. People were doing uh, so many things. I don't even know what the terminology was, right? Uh, tons of options out there. Some people were getting coached, custom programming. Some people were doing jailhouse strong. Some people were getting coached by Chad Wesley Smith. Some people were getting coached by everybody, right? And everyone had a different approach. And so then I started just inquiring. And then that's what I love about uh, the powerlifting community is that every, everyone's open to, to share their knowledge and experience. And when it comes to programming, um, a lot of times you got to just try something and see what it works. And that's kind of the whole point of this. 531 worked for me, but then it got to the point where, you know what, it did, it did nothing for me. But it would always work up to a certain point. And what I learned for myself is that it was good because I like the AMRAPs. The AMRAPs made me feel like I was still doing bodybuilding because you get a pump, you get a lot of blood flow, you get that little like that swole feeling. And that's what I was drawn to. But then I realized once I, uh, it took me a long time, but once I got my squat over 400 pounds, once I was getting close to a 500 pound deadlift, once my bench got over 315, 531 did nothing for me. Because it wasn't training um, the fast twitch fibers to the with the same amount of intensity that I needed to actually push heavy weight, it did build muscle and it did build like my form in terms of like repetitious work. But I started realizing that I responded better to a lot more volume at a moderate weight. Uh, so. Through that whole process, I spent the last few years uh, trial and error. I've done a version of jail. I've done something similar to jailhouse strong. I've done something similar to how the juggernaut method, and I've done something similar to fifth set and five, three, one. And by doing all those, I learned more about myself, my leverages, my recoverability, and each one of those lifts, the squat bench dead responds differently for me. So if, if someone were to say, use this program, it works and it's going to work for all three lifts. I already know based right now on my experience at the time of this is recording, my deadlift volume cannot be the same as my squat volume. 
and my squat intensity cannot be the same as my bench intensity. They all need to be varying degrees, especially with frequency during the week. Like I can bench twice a week, but my squat could be twice a week, but I know my second one needs to be like below 50%, mostly just as a warm up before deadlifts and deadlifts for me once a week. Now that's not going to work for you. And what you do is not going to work for me. So the key is you got to try something to figure out and you're always going to learn what's going to work, not just for you, but to each one of those lifts, whether it's the amount of accessories, whether it's the percentages, or if you're going to use an RPE scale, which is a rate of perceived exertion, which essentially is how much effort did you have to put in to move that weight? So find something. It could be on our website. It could be anywhere. It could be a coach. It could be whatever. But really, until you get to the point where you know yourself and your recoverability and how you respond to volume, how you respond to different stimuli, you know, that's the thing that some people really enjoy high reps. Some people cannot do more than three or five reps. Some people like uh, lower volume, but really high intensity. So they just work up to one heavy, couple heavy singles and then that's it. And they don't, they do hardly any uh, accessories, but you don't know if that works for you until you start somewhere. So in my case, I did, I've done five, three, one more than I've done anything else, but I can tell you right now that will not work for me. I have done AMRAP sets and I've done varying programs that call for an AMRAP. And I'm telling you, for me, I have learned that does that does no benefit to me. What I have learned is that if I'm working anywhere between the 75 to 90% range with varying degrees of volume and, and set and rep scheme, essentially, for a certain amount of blocks, that's what I respond to. And um, my deadlifts have to be completely separate. Uh, my recoverability is completely different because the weight's heavier and squats, same thing, right? Like, and, and so for you to find out what works for you, you got to give it some time. You got to give it some effort. My suggestion is give yourself something along the lines of 12 to 16 weeks before you make a determination. Like give yourself a solid amount of time to know what does or does not work. And if nothing else, it's good variety. Don't be afraid to change something. You're not going to lose strength, right? So if you're doing something and you're getting tendonitis, uh, it sucks, you hate it, you feel trash, you feel garbage, yeah, absolutely don't do it. Don't feel committed. Uh, even if you're paying somebody, I'd say fuck it, toss it. It's not worth it. Uh, if, if you're not enjoying the process and you're not, feel, you're not like anticipating and looking forward to your workouts, that's not the right program. And you don't even need to follow a program. That's, that's a misconception. So uh, if I've said anything like that, it's not my intention. Uh, that's merely a way to get you started. So substitute out anything that you may or may not have, especially if you don't have the equipment. Like, for instance, a, a common one is um, I don't have a reverse hyper. And there's a lot of programming that says I use a reverse hyper. But I do have bands and I do have a low pulley um, system. So I can do uh, hamstring pull throughs, right? So you could get on and see what that looks like. And so you can essentially do a very similar movement to a reverse hyper. So there's ways to improvise for equipment that you don't have. So don't feel limited based on the equipment that you may or may not have. But my suggestion is based on my experience, 
is start somewhere, start with a program. 531 to me, in my opinion, I think is a great transition for anybody who's done any amount of powerlifting. Um, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's lower volume. You're not going to get a ton in, but um, you can email me and I'll tell you some of the stuff that I did to make it work for me because I liked more frequency. Uh, but 531 is a good transition program to start with. Long term, I, I may or may not work for you. I have no idea. It's not for me to say. But if nothing else, it'll give you exposure to all the basic movements. It's really straightforward. Um, there's no frills or hype or anything like that. So if you're looking into getting in the powerlifting, that's just my suggestion. Start there and then build upon that. And that's what this whole community is about. Reaching out, find out what works for everybody else. And uh, most top lifters are going to tell you, you got to find out what works for you. And the only way you're going to find that out is if you're doing training, right? So find something, at least get your training in, figure out something, uh, whether it's a rep range, intensity, RPE, uh, frequency, volume, find out what it is that works for you. And uh, maybe you're a high rep person that five sets of 10 is going to be amazing, right? Or maybe you're a person that needs higher intensity. So you know, you're going to be doing five sets of five. Um, so check out our website, garagegympowerlifting.com. There's plenty of uh, templates and programs. Uh, there's even a couple of people on there you could reach out to. Um, if you want some assistance for me, I'm happy to do that for a very nominal fee. And I'm not going to tell you that I'm the, a professor and all-knowing person. But if you're looking to just get started or if you're intermediate, I can at least give you like some guidelines based on the equipment that you have. And uh, don't be afraid to learn the internet, man. We live in an internet age. Get out there and find something that works. And as long as you're doing something, you're going to find some progress. So thanks again for listening. My name is David Hensler. You can email me, david at garagegympowerlifting.com. Check out our website, garagegympowerlifting.com. And uh, keep your hoops high and your head higher. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks again for listening.